Hi, I'm Alan. And I'm Alexis. And we are the parents of four kids under the age of six. We know that parenting can be tough, but it's also the most important thing we have ever done. Each week, we'll share stories from our family and discuss what we're learning as we parent in real life. And hopefully, we can learn something from each other along the way. So join us once a week as we laugh about the highs and lows of parenting. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 29 of Parenting in Real Life. We're almost at 30. Check it. Yes, please check it. (laughs) Real Life Parenting Moment this week is brought to you by Alexis and plungers. (laughs) And plungers. So both our boys have a fascination with plungers, and even if I move it into a different bathroom, they somehow find it. And then they take it out and use it for anything like a sword or to hit someone or they just walk around with it. covered sword. <laughs> I know. I'm just like, this is the grossest thing. It super grosses me out. And then one day I had a basket full of clean clothes that I just hadn't gotten to to fold yet. And I look over and Nathan has the plunger and he's stirring the clean clothes with the plunger. And I was like, Nathan, what are you doing? He's like, I'm mixing soup. And I'm like... No, not with the plunger. <laughs> so I took it away from him, but it was so gross, and I don't know why they just won't leave it alone. Nathan loves dirty and clean clothes. <laughs> he does. He was rolling around in clean clothes after he peed his pants the other day. <laughs> We're like, Nathan, t- go take your pants off. And he's like, no, and laid in a pile of freshly clean washed clothes. clothes. And yes, we do have clean piles of clothes around our house because one, we're always doing laundry and two, I just cannot keep up with folding it. So there are piles of clean clothes around often. The struggle is real. (laughs) Thank you so much for the reviews. We are up to 11 reviews. Yay! Keep feeling it. We're feeling good about that. We had a great one from Xmas Baby by a Day, which is a fun handle. Um, Happy birthday soon. Probably. (laughs) <laughs> but they had a great comment. I can't, I don't want to paraphrase, so go read it. It was funny. They said we're conservative, but they can look past that. <laughs> we appreciate you looking past that. <laughs> we are conservative. Because no matter where you fall politically, parenting is parenting in some ways. So we're glad you think we're happy um, and are choosing to listen. So thank you to those who have given us ratings. Love it. So today we are going to talk about things that parents can do. For their kids with anxiety. Yes. So to start off, um, just a little fact. Um, 40 million American adults, as well as one in eight children, suffer from anxiety. And because of this, many kids miss school or social activities or just even a good night's sleep because they worry a lot. And a lot of parents suffer from frustration and helplessness um, because they just don't know what to do for their kids. And... Alan and I actually both suffered from anxiety as children, so we thought we'd just kind of briefly discuss how that was for us as kids. So I was a scared little boy. I always, I had a lot of fears. So my big ones were dogs, who I always thought were going to eat me, throwing up. Water. Oh, yep, swimming. I was afraid of swimming. I do pretty good with all of those things now. Uh, Yes, you do. But as a kid, I was a very, very scared kid and had, like, meltdowns. One in particular, I was at school, and all of a sudden I was sitting in class and felt like I was going to throw up. And so I, like, started breathing really heavy, ran out, ran to the bathroom, and didn't throw up because I wasn't sick. And I don't know why, what, like, cued my anxiety, but ran to the bathroom and was like, I'm not throwing up. And then the first thing my 
anxious brain thought is like, where's Michelle, my older sister? So I ran out onto the playground thinking maybe she was at recess. And I don't know if she was or wasn't, but luckily like getting fresh air helped me calm down. I was like, oh, I'm fine. And so I went inside. But that was not unusual. I had a lot of little moments like that. And I had anxiety attacks as a child. I was a perfectionist and I was just afraid that I was going to do something wrong or not get a really great grade on a paper and or on a project or something like that. I just worried a lot about my performance in school. And this was especially true like as I started a new set of grades. So kindergarten, sixth grade, ninth grade, and then my freshman year of college. And we had moved, so it wasn't just changing schools because we had moved a few times and I had changed schools, but it was just like, I think, new expectations and I knew that there was going to be um, more work required of me and more pressure and stuff. And so I would be in class and I would have just like a little panic attack where I would, my heart would start pounding and I just couldn't like think clearly and I would just get really stressed and... um as the year went on, like it got better. And then as each grade, I got better and then it kind of start again, like I said, with the different groups. But um, as I got older, I was able to um, figure out how to get through that and do some self-talk. And now I feel like as an adult, I don't really have it anymore, which is a blessing. Um, it was mostly You're not just, a perfectionist anymore. And, I'm not a, and maybe that's why um, I don't know how I let go of the perfectionism. But I think in high school, I just kind of realized that I wasn't going to be the best. I could do well and that was great. And I was going to get good grades, but I wasn't going to be number one. And I think once I just kind of let that sink in, then it was a lot better for me. Hmm. And so, and that's kind of how I am now. Like I like things to be good. I like to do a good job, but I don't feel like things have to be perfect. And so I usually don't get anxiety anymore. That's it. Two super anxious loser kids grew up in disorder normal adults. (laughs) We were not loser kids. Speak for yourself. I was a loser kid. Yeah, you were. (laughs) All right, maybe I was too. (laughs) Denial. Denial. (laughs) All right. So the first thing they said, and and just to preface this article, it's a really good article. Nine things, some which have sub things, which bug me, but they're good. Not all of these will work for you and your kid. Because some of these I'm like, oh, weird. But that's just because it's not my or my kid's personalities. Um, so we're going to say them all, even though we don't necessarily relate or connect with all of them. Because maybe it's perfect for you and your kid. So the first one is to stop reassuring your child. That's definitely me. I'm always like, no, you're fine. You got, you got this. You know, no, don't be scared. And that's not necessarily true, right? Um... And so don't try and don't try and rationalize the worry away. So what she says is she uses the feel method, F-E-E-L. And the feel method is freeze, pause, take some deep, deep breaths with your child. And that deep breathing can reverse the nervous symptom response. So get them breathing deeply. And then empathize. Feel for them. This is scary. This is really, truly scary for them. And so... Just express that you know that they're scared and that it's real. And then evaluate. So try and figure out possible solutions. And then she says, let go of your guilt. And this, I think, is to us as parents, not necessarily the kid. But you're not a bad person just because you have an anxious child. And she kind of comes back to this at the end. But you're okay. You uh, you can give them tools to help them with their anxiety. It doesn't relate to you being a good or a bad parent. 
and I think this one actually is overarching. There's several that I think this in the empathize and evaluate steps that she kind of goes into more detail of what you can do in those steps. Number two is highlight why worrying is good. So it's good to talk to your kid about or it's good to talk to your kid about why worrying happens and that everybody worries um, to some extent and that we all have those worries. Um, and that stems from us needing to survive. Like worrying is a survival tactic. So all humans um, experience that one way or another. Um, so that's normal because it helps us and it protects us. But um, we don't need to be worrying all the time. And that's where the anxiety comes from. And so give your kids some techniques. And, you know, this is what that list is for, some techniques to help with that worry when it becomes too much. The third step is a specific way you can do some of that is bring your child's worry to life. Um, She just emphasizes that ignoring anxiety doesn't help. It's not going to solve it. Um, Neither is yelling at them or telling them it's not real or any of those things. So she says instead, bring the worry to life by talking about it like a real person. Um, And she recommends creating a worry character for your child, like a puppet. Now, this is one of those that I cannot see myself doing. (laughs) Um, But if it was the right thing for my kid, I would. I just don't know if that's the thing for them. Um, But I think it's a great idea to help them demystify their worry, right? Their anxiety can be so overwhelming and you don't know why you're feeling what you're feeling. And it's scary, especially as a kid to have this reaction to, you know, nothing that they can see. And so helping them see it and talk to it makes it more real and makes it more manageable. Number four is teach your child to be a thought detective. And I really like this one a lot because I think this can apply to adults. Um, even if you don't have a lot of anxiety, um, it says, She said the best remedy for distorted thinking is not positive thinking, it's accurate thinking. And she has a 3C message. The first one, or 3C method. The first one is catch your thoughts. So imagine your thoughts are floating in bubbles above your head, kind of like a comic strip type thing. And then take one of those worries. So her example was, no one at school likes me. So you take that worry, and then the next C is collect evidence. So... Now you're going to find actual facts that either support that thought or negate that thought. And so you're teaching your child not to base it on how you're feeling about the worry, but actual things that have happened. So she said, um, like, I had a hard time finding someone to sit with at lunch yesterday. So that supports that no one at school likes me. Or... Um, Sherry and I do homework together. She's a friend of mine. So those are both things that actually happen to support the thought. And so now you can say, oh, someone did homework with me, so they are my friends. So it's not, it's not true that no one likes me at school. And then the third one is to challenge your thoughts. And this is to kind of, uh, have a little debate with yourself. You know, talk through the situation, talk through that thought is, is it really true? And if it is, then come up with, um, you know, solutions on how to make that better. But most of the times our worries are things that aren't true. And so you can talk to yourself about how it isn't true and find those facts that support that. And I think that was one of the biggest things for me as a kid that really helped is when I felt like I wasn't doing well in school, I had proof that I was. And so I would think about the good things that I would do in school to show that I really was um, a good student and that I was being successful. And so that helped me get through those periods. Nice. 
Suggestion five is allow them to worry. So she recommends creating a daily ritual called worry time that lasts 10 to 15 minutes. I see maybe just because who our kids are. Um, I think our kids have flare-ups more than like daily occurrences. So I could see this being like a, our kids kind of have like, we call them black hole beluga moments. <laughs> Long story. <laughs> I think we've mentioned that uh, before. Yeah, <laughs> we have. We just have like moments where we just get overwhelmed and everything seems impossible and it's never going to work out. And so I see this being really effective then is just say, yep, you're feeling this way. It's real. Take 10 or 15 minutes and write down everything you're worrying about. Nothing's off limits. No rules. No, you don't have to justify or validate anything. Just write down everything that's on your mind. And that does a lot of things, right? It's saying like, yep, this is real. This is okay to feel. Um, and it even recommends getting it out, right? Like don't keep that in. Don't think about it. Don't dwell on it. Get it out. And then she says at the end of that time, you take that list, put it in a box and tell your worries goodbye for the day. I think there's a lot of things you could do at the end. Um, but certainly that idea of like get it out and then kind of like the previous one, you can either challenge that if that's what you need or you can just throw it out and say, yep, those are all worries, but I'm done with that. Number six is help them go from what if to what is. So a lot of it, a lot of the time, worry and anxiety um, are things about that, are things that could happen in the future, and not things that are actually happening now. So this is um, mindfulness is the right tool for this, and it just is a a good idea to help your kid to think about what is happening now, and to bring them to the present to help them focus on on today and now, and not what might happen in the future. I'm not an expert on mindfulness, but I think it helps if you say a lot of, um, <laughs> um. I don't think, I don't think that's what it is anymore. Nope. Pretty sure. <laughs> Seen some shows. Um, number eight. Seven. Oh, shoot. Number seven. Avoid avoiding everything that causes anxiety. The first time I read this, I was like, avoid everything that causes anxiety? That's stupid. <laughs> yes, it is. Avoid avoiding. This is essentially, the other way of saying that is the exposure uh, method. So I learned about this in my abnormal psychology class. What? Probably the only thing I remember from school <laughs> is when somebody is like petrified of something, which is what anxiety is. One of the ways, not the way, but one of the ways to help them get over it is to ease them into it. And so the example I we did in our abnormal psychology is a fear of snakes, which I can relate to. If somebody's terrified of snakes, like can't even see a picture of a snake without getting anxious, then what you do is you start by showing them a tiny little picture or maybe even a drawing that doesn't really look like a snake. And you hand it to them and say, is this okay? Are you okay right now? Is there anything, you know, is there any danger? Are you, can you handle this situation? And then you just keep leveling up that experience. So it goes from a picture to a real photo to maybe watching a video clip to maybe watching a snake through a window in a, in a tank to standing in the room with the snake in the tank to actually holding the snake, which, you know, two weeks before would have killed this person. Now they can do it because you slowly, each step said, is this okay? Is there anything wrong with this? Are you in any pain? Are you uncomfortable? And and just slowly easing them in and helping your body realize like, 
you're having an illogical reaction to this by by leveling up the the fear. This reminds me of what about Bob when he's teaching the boy to dive into the water? Doesn't he kind of do that? He like starts slowly on the dock and they get closer, and then he kind of like holds him over the in. water. <laughs> no, this is when Bob was helping, him, right? <laughs> he like holds him over the water, and then he, and then he does it. He jumps into the water, yeah. but it was like a slow process to get him out there. Oh, and- careful, <laughs> yeah. careful! <laughs> Tanners love that movie because yes, we relate. Do. I don't know why. It's, that's I'm, definitely not one of my favorite movies. I'm on vacation from my problems. <laughs> it's the best. You can do this list or just watch What About Bob. <laughs> Everything you need to know right there. Tanners have like some very key movies that they quote over and over and over again. And that is one of them. Just the good ones. Just the good ones. Or what they think are the good what? ones. <laughs> no clarifiers. Uh, number eight. Help them work through a checklist. So it's good to create a physical checklist of what they should do when they're feeling anxiety because oftentimes when your child starts to feel the anxiety, they probably won't remember all the different steps because um, they just their logical part of their brain isn't functioning at that time. So if you just have um, a physical list of things that they can walk through, that would be really helpful for them. And then finally, the last one is practice self-compassion. And this one's for the parents, um, kind of like what, they talk, what we talked about at the very beginning is that um, as parents, you have to keep in mind that you did not cause your child's anxiety, um, but you can help them overcome it. And that research shows that anxiety is often the result of multiple factors, things like genes, brain physiology, temperament, environmental factors, past traumatic events. There's a lot of things that go into um, anxiety. And so, um, so give yourself some slack and know that it's not your fault. And just love yourself and be your child's champion. Be their supporter and and help them get through it because you can do that. You can be their guide. Amen, sister. Preach. (laughs) Preach. (laughs) We failed to mention and should have that this article was referenced to us by my aunt, Janet Tanner. And she has her own podcast. Yeah. So, um... We talked to her a little bit as she was getting her podcast started. It's awesome. And it's also about life. She calls it nonfiction for life. And in it, it feels much more legitimate than our podcast somehow. <laughs> Probably because she interviews people. Because <laughs> she interviews real people. We just talk to a microphone. But we are very legitimate in our own way. It is awesome. It's a great podcast. So go check out Nonfiction for Life. Um, because it's great. And she interviews nonfiction authors and talks to them about their books. So you kind of get like a sneak peek of the book. Or if you've read the book, it's like, hello, you get to talk to the author. So anyway, she's done some awesome ones. She's already talked to Steve Young. What? So thank you, Janet, for the recommendation. Great article. Um, so just to kind of go over it at a high level, I'm not going to go through all of them again, but Anxiety is real. A lot of people struggle with it. And so in general, the best things you can do is not try and tell your kid they're wrong or what they're feeling isn't real because it is to them. And then give them tools to help them overcome it, whether it's meditation or talking to a puppet or writing down the list and throwing it away. Whatever that is, any of these methods, use tools to help them fix their, their thoughts. 
right? Or, or handle their thoughts or deal with their thoughts. Um, because, because anxiety is real. A lot of us will struggle with it our whole lives. And so giving them tools is the best thing you can do rather than trying to tell them they're wrong. And that's it for today. But don't forget to follow us. We're on Instagram at P-I-R-L podcast. Or light in my home. You can also tweet us at Alexis Tanner one. Or at Alan T. Tanner. Or email us at parentinginreallifepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Patreon, www.patreon.com slash P-I-R-L. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rating. You're doing it. You're actually doing doing it. it. There's really easy instructions in the show notes. Do it. And thank you to those who already have. We love you. And a special thanks to our five kids for being kids. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Episode... Episode? <laughs> Good start. <laughs> Don't. Take two. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Episode... Tw- <laughs> <laughs> we'll do this another day. See you, everybody. <laughs>